At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to it. It is Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago on VCD Sports Betting Network. And tonight we're talking NBA postseason, looking further down the line with some of those futures odds as well. Got a play in baseball and one playing basketball. We'll also be talking some hockey later on the show because, look, some games coming down to the wire, obviously, with some series implications. Tonight, E.J. Raddick, NHL senior reporter, he'll be joining us to give his thoughts on tonight's slate. And if we have time, we'll preview tomorrow's games as well. As for basketball, Nick Whalen, senior NBA editor over at Rotowire, you know him. He comes on the show very often. In 10 minutes, he'll be joining us, giving us some of his best bets, analysis, and more regarding tonight's NBA slate. And look, speaking of the NBA, the Dallas Mavericks do it once again. Now, you know, I was watching this game closely because we had the bet in this spot, and uh, got the nice dub with Luca outscoring Paul George late minus 148 to do so, but it seemed right the uh, seemed like the right play, and it did come to fruition, fortunately enough. And it looked this Clippers team just has no answer for the Mavericks early on here. So when you're looking at this series and this team with Dallas on a game-to-game basis, and obviously the series price further down the road, let's take a look at some of their odds currently as they stack up. I mean, again. Now they've flipped to minus 250 after winning these two games, and it's not that you know they've necessarily gotten lucky in these two games or some had some bounces go their way or coming down right to the wire. 
it's been fairly convincing. Yes, uh, this past game was a little bit closer, but for the most part, Dallas has had a strong hold in these games continuously. And if you think they can do that again, well, in this next spot, they are catching two at home for game three. The Clippers, a two-point road favorite, total at about 219.5. But again, the series price has Dallas minus 250. Clippers now plus 200. So if you still believe in Los Angeles, look, it's not insurmountable by any stretch of the imagination, especially with this Clippers team that, to be honest, I thought was probably the deepest, arguably, in the Western Conference. So could be time to look at some value for the Clippers 2-1. to one. I'm certainly not going to lay minus 250 to go with Dallas. At that point, I would just take it on more of a game-to-game -game basis. Again, you can still get them as a slight dog. Now at home, plus 107 on the money line, catching two. That could be your best route. But again, if you're looking for the value here, probably just with the Clippers winning the series outright. And again, I'm not preaching here that I think uh, the Clippers are going to win, but certainly they still have the capability of doing so. Now, let's kind of see how their odds stack up in terms of winning the West overall. We still have the Lakers as the short shot at the top, plus 160. The Utah Jazz come up next, despite them dropping game one to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Jazz are 3-1. to one. Then you get the Mavericks now at 7-1 to one odds to win the West. The Clippers also at 7-1. The Phoenix Suns at 10-1. Trailblazers 14-1. Nuggets 16-1. And the Grizzlies at 50-1 all the way at the bottom. So look, I know Dallas has been an exciting team. Can you make a case for the Mavericks to come out of the West? Realistically, no, probably not. I truly don't think they're deep enough. And also with that value now at 7-1, I mean lack thereof rather with this value, as you know you could have gotten it a lot better before this series started. And I really just don't think Dallas has the makings of going deep. Now, if they are to win the series, then they would be matched up with the winner of the Grizzlies and Jazz series. And I think that would be a really tough matchup for them against the Jazz, honestly, very uh, built very deep. And, you know, we'll see what happens in that matchup with Utah and Memphis coming up with this next game. But assuming the Jazz move on, and if the Mavericks can move on too, I just think that Utah is far better and deeper of a roster than we're going to see presented with Dallas. But it's been a fun story and a fun series so far to see Dallas make it exciting. I do think the Clippers are going to come back and make it close. So again, if you're maybe looking for some value in this spot, the Clippers at plus 200 could be your play because again, these are going to shift very often after every single game. So if you think that the Clippers can win game three on the road, again, we're seeing them. It's about a two-point favorite, minus 129 on the money line. That's going to come down a little bit. Now, this game is tricky, and it'll be fascinating to see where this line moves uh, as we're leading up to this game. But, you know, it's hard to go against the Mavericks right now, especially with the momentum and going at home. And I know playoff series, especially in this kind of type of setting with a top team like the Clippers, usually don't end in pure dominance by the one team. But Dallas has just been shooting lights out. The Clippers are falling from behind. They need to get out of the gates running from the start, and that's really the way they have to take control of it by a game-to-game -game basis, which in turn will help them get in control of this series overall. But just kind of wanted to dive deeper into this Dallas Mavericks team because, hey, if you've been betting them money line-wise, you're making some money. And when we were talking with Aaron Bruski about it, he said he liked the Mavericks, and that did come to fruition. So good call by our pal. Once again, the show is Rush Hour. Welcome in here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook at Danny Burke 5 is where you can follow me on Twitter at VEASAN Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Toward the end of the show, we'll be talking some puck. Our good pal EJ Raddick will be joining us. He does a great job as a reporter at the NHL Network, so we'll talk about tonight's postseason puck action along with tomorrow. And then we'll have Nick Whalen in five minutes to talk about tonight's NBA slate. And I want to keep it there. We were just talking about the Dallas Mavericks. And 
you know, maybe they have some value going deep. I don't necessarily think so, obviously, to come out of the West, but of course for a game-to-game -game basis, definitely. Now, let's kind of preview tonight's game, though, and look at that matchup with the Hawks and the Knicks. We previewed this series so much, and everybody we talked to would flip-flop, going back and forth, who they like to win this series. And personally, I leaned a little bit toward the Hawks, but I didn't do anything with it. And I didn't do anything with it in the first game either, but I am going to be making a bet for this game tonight. And I wanted to talk about it early on because we probably won't get to it in time once again before tip-off. But I'm looking at the angle of team total, and I'm doing it for Atlanta. Now, this is a side really that we haven't primarily focused in on at all throughout this whole season, although it is an angle that I like to kind of search out in certain spots, and this one I think could be a good one. So 105.5 is where we see it at Bet Rivers. The over is minus 120, the under minus 109. I think it was at minus 110 earlier. That's where I snagged it at for the over. Look, I get how great this Knicks defense is, but you look at how Atlanta stacked up against New York thus far. They're averaging 113.5 points per game against the Knicks in four contests. They've gone over this mark of 105.5 in four out of four games versus the Knicks in the regular season and then obviously game one in the postseason. Game one, they dropped 107. Back in April, 127. February, 112. And then January, 108. And a lot of those games, also, you got to remember that Atlanta was banged up. Now, also something else to take into consideration, for game one, Atlanta barely got to the free throw line where they make their bread a lot of times. They win 11, from tw uh, 11 of 12 from the charity stripe, but they're second in offensive free throw rate. Atlanta is 22.6 free throws made per 100 field goal attempts. That's second best in the NBA. Now, New York, defensively, they're 16th in defensive free throw rate, 19.4 free throws allowed per 100 field goal attempts. So basically, my thought process is if they were still able to get over it in game one, assuming they didn't go to a spot where they thrive a lot, being the free throw line, if they can kind of get some normalcy, get back into a rhythm, have some of the role players step up a little bit more, I don't see a reason why they still can't go over 105 and a half. They're ninth in points per possession at 115.4. New York, again, great defensive team, fourth in defensive points per possession, 108.4, but that's still over this total mark, and I think it is going to be a neck-and-neck -neck game. Knicks probably get out to a little bit hotter of a start. A guy like Julius Randle needs to step up. We'll get into his props later on in the show, but he's going to have a good game. you got to assume he's going to have a bounce back. And Just this Knicks team overall, I'm assuming they're probably going to come out of the gun uh, nice and quick. So if Atlanta's trailing, certainly they're going to need to put on the points a lot, and they have enough offensive weapons capable of doing so. So I played the Atlanta Hawks team total over 105.5 in this matchup. So that's the bet that I have in this game. Let's kind of just go over the general lines for this matchup. 6.30 p.m. Central Time tip-off, realistically about 6.40. But we see the Knicks here as a two-point favorite, minus 136 on the money line for New York, plus 116 on the buyback for Atlanta. This total at about 213.5. So New York opened 2.5. It's ticked down a little bit now at Bet Rivers, down to 2, like we mentioned in total. At 213.5, that's barely gone down from the opener of 214. This series price, again, we're seeing a 250 and a 2 to 1. Atlanta, a minus 250 favorite. The Knicks now catching plus 200. Again, I went into this with the thought process that I'm leaning more toward Atlanta winning the series, but if you like the Knicks before, how do you not still have confidence in them now? Look at that 2-1 to one odds. I mean, again, I think they probably have a really solid chance of bouncing back tonight. That's why I'm only looking at the team total aspect. But if you think the Knicks bounce back, you still like them to win the series, take advantage of that value now with the Knicks plus 200. But again, they're laying two on the spread, minus 136 money line, plus 116 on the buyback for Atlanta. Total hasn't moved too much, 213.5. 
Again, only going with the team total and over for Atlanta in this spot because we saw Trey Young go off, score into the 30s. It's not that he's not going to be able to do that again in, or in many games in this series. I just think realistically you'll probably see him regress a tad bit, kind of come down to the norm, which we're accustomed with seeing with Trey Young and have other guys step up like a Collins, who has done actually fairly well against New York on a game-to-game -game basis. Capella's kind of average in that range, but a guy like Gallinari, he was one of seven from beyond the arc in game one. That's another guy who can provide points for you off the bench for this Atlanta Hawks team, a veteran guy who's not going to be a top scorer, but one of those X-factors who can kill you from deep. And New York defends the three very well. At the rim, not the greatest. So uh, we'll see how that matches up tonight. But again, Atlanta, they're going to keep it close. I do think probably I have the lean with the Knicks overall in this game. But the best bet, I like Atlanta still to go over 105.5. And, and that's what we're going to be rolling with in that first matchup. Now, really quick, because this game's about to tip off, or, you know, it might have already. It's really literally about to tip off with the Sixers and Wizards right now. This one's closing with Philadelphia as an 8.5-point favorite, minus 435 on the money line. Plus 310 is what we're seeing for Washington, who fell victim in game one. This total at about 229, opener was 230.5, so the under getting a little bit of love in this spot. A series price we saw for this one had the Wizards plus 950 and the Sixers minus 2,000. Spread was minus 8 in favor of Philly, so just ticked up a little bit to 8.5 in this spot. Again, when we've seen this all throughout the season, and especially in the postseason, my strategy with these type of games is look for the end game. Because Philly, in my mind, of course, is always capable enough of covering the spread against a volatile team like Washington. But at the same time, Washington has enough weapons to where they could probably keep it with an 8.5. I just don't trust them enough to do so. So the way I'm attacking this is more of the in-game perspective. We've seen many times Philly get off the slow starts. Kind of happened in game one. So wait to see if you can get a better line with Philadelphia. Of course, this game already tipping off, but it closed 8.5. Wait to see if you can get kind of a little bit better action with Philadelphia as you look forward to this matchup that's just getting underway between Philly and Washington. And then before we bring on Nick Whalen, let's kind of preview this later game tonight with the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, I think we discussed it yesterday, but with this line at 8.5, I was still like, hey, that may be a little bit too much. Uh, to go against this Memphis team, and it's not only because they won game one, but I think the Grizzlies are a team that people just don't give enough credit to, and they really have a deep squad that can, for the most part, match up fairly well. Now, I get it. Donovan Mitchell is going to be back in the mix. I think he had two 35-point performances against the Grizzlies earlier this season, so now this line is ticked up to 10, minus 480 for Utah, Memphis plus 360 on the buyback, this total we're seeing at about 219.5, which is bumped up from 216.5, which I got to say I probably agree with here. As good as the Jazz are defensively, Memphis is still going to find a way to score and push that ball and make their mark down toward the rim. So the over getting some love here, 216.5 up to 219.5, but also the big movement, Utah 7.5 at the opener, now up to 10. Hard not to look the way of Memphis catching those double-digit points here. If you're curious about the series price, the Grizzlies, even though they're up 1-0, still plus 250, and the Jazz, minus 335. So let's get into this game a little bit more so with our good man Nick Whalen. At Whalen is where you can follow him on Twitter instead of the L. It's the one where you can find his great content covering the association, not only there, but at Rotowire, where he serves as the senior NBA editor. So, Nick, again, I was just talking about all these line movements in the Utah-Memphis game. The Jazz now a 10-point favorite, total spiked up to 219 and a half. How do you think this one goes down in Salt Lake City? 
Yeah, it's funny, Danny. I was on a show this morning talking about how I think I like the Grizzlies to cover nine. And, and now that number is up to 10. Uh, a lot of faith in Donovan Mitchell being healthy, it seems, for this game. And obviously, if we believe Donovan Mitchell himself, he thinks he should have played in game one. But at the same time, you have to realize it's in the Utah Jazz medical staff's best interest for the team to win games. So there's a reason that they held Donovan Mitchell out of game one. They obviously believed at the time that there was still some structural issue with that ankle. And, you know, obviously they come back the next day and, and clear him right away, you know, well in advance of, of game two. So all indications are that he's healthy. But, you know, we've seen these other high profile stars come back from long injury absences. Think Anthony Davis, LeBron James. And it takes a little bit of time to ramp up. You know, having Donovan Mitchell back is better than playing without him, of course. Obviously, Utah struggled in game one, but I don't think it's a given that Donovan Mitchell comes back and is at peak form right away. You know, this he hasn't played in like five weeks. So, you know, it, for Memphis, you know, it's, it's another challenge. You know, it's the best player on the other team coming back. Uh, I, I don't expect the Grizzlies to run away with this game by any means, but, you know, you're reintegrating a player who hasn't been in the mix for the last five weeks, the last three weeks of the regular season. I don't think it's a given that Utah just picks up where they left off. So I really like Memphis to cover this spread. Yeah, I agree with you, too, because, again, I was talking about this game the other night, and it was at 8.5, and, and I was like, that still kind of seems a little bit too much because you talked about it at 9, it would still right. look toward taking the points with the Grizzlies. And now at 10, it just seems like it's getting out of hand because, like I was kind of saying, too, I mean, yes, Donovan Mitchell's in the back in the mix, but like you said, I mean, to throw him right back in, it's not like he's missed the last couple games. It's been over a month or so, so it's going to probably take a little bit of adjustment against this good backcourt that we see with Memphis. So I'm with you. I would look toward taking the 10 in that game with the Jazz and the Grizzlies. What are your thoughts on this Knicks-Hawks matchup now? Atlanta catching two to spike it in the dub in game one. This total we're seeing around 213 and a half. Does New York bounce back in game two? I think they do. This series has been the most difficult of any in, in both conferences for me to get a handle on. I would not be surprised if it goes six or seven games. These teams are so different in, in the way that they play and the way that they're constructed. But at the same time, I also think they're extremely evenly matched. Um, you know, if you watch game one, that, that was the best basketball atmosphere, by the way, that we've had all year. So this is a, a super enjoyable series to watch, even though there's not a ton of star power compared to some of the other series uh, going on right now. But I do like the Knicks to bounce back. I think they they played a winnable game in game one and you know they got beat on a on a really tough game winner by trey young but i mean there were that game was for the taking for the knicks despite um one of the worst games of the year from julius randall i mean i think given the stakes that was probably the worst game he's played all season he's been incredibly consistent he's been you know the the, the one thing that they could really count on all year so i'll be really surprised if julius randall comes out and struggles again he's had success against the hawks in the regular season um, at the same time, you look at the Knicks bench, you know, Derek Rose, 17 points, Emmanuel quickly played really well. Of course, Alec Burks goes for 27, you know, really the guy that was keeping them in it in the fourth quarter, you look, and there's probably some regression from those bench guys, but I think it's offset by Julius Randall having a much better game. So I think we get another really close one. I think it looks a lot like game one, but this time at home, I think the Knicks pull it out and we go to Atlanta tied one, one. Yeah, I agree with you, and you're right. Julius Randle really had an abysmal performance, 15 points only, and I think he got to the free throw line only a couple times, which he's been doing a lot more, especially mm -hmm. against this Atlanta team where he's averaging north of 30 points. So big bounce-back performance, more than likely coming from the most improved player in Julius Randle. 
Let's take a gander at tomorrow's slate, Nick. Let's talk Miami and Milwaukee. Look, Milwaukee's had control of this series. Well, at least in game two, obviously, they did game one a lot closer. But for game three on the road in Miami, Milwaukee's still a favorite, but only a point and a half, minus 122 on the money line, total at 226 and a half. The easy answer seems to take the shorter value here with Milwaukee, but look, Miami, if they can do what they did in game one at home, good chance they could keep this series a little bit closer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we can't forget that this is still the Miami Heat at the end of the day, and, and they've earned, I think, the respect. You know, I think if you watch game two, you'd probably think, okay, this line should be bucks by like eight and a half or something like that. So it's it's, it's nice, I think, that the, the odds makers didn't overreact to what Milwaukee did. Uh, in game two, I think the home crowd, you know, did play a factor in that, even though, you know, I think Milwaukee's at about 50%. Um, obviously, that's going to flip on his head now as the series shifts to Miami. And, you know, if, there, if there's one team in these playoffs that isn't going to fold when it gets down 0-2, uh, it's the Miami Heat. You know, th this team isn't just going to pack it in and say, well, you know, we only had two months off from the bubble. We'll, we'll just, you know, gather our things and come back next year and make another effort like that. They're not going to go down like that. So Milwaukee, I think, knows that. Obviously, they were beaten by this Heat team in round two last year. Uh, I expect the Bucks to come out ready, but I also expect to get the best effort that we've seen from the Miami Heat in the series. With that said, I, I think Milwaukee's playing really confidently right now, and I, I would pick the Bucks to cover that spread and win game three. I, I think we might be heading towards a, a pretty improbable sweep. But for me, the key was the Bucks, you know, overcoming a really rough shooting game in game one. You know, Giannis really didn't look as settled in as you'd like in that game. But, you know, as soon as it goes to overtime, Jimmy Butler hits that layup at the end of the fourth. It's kind of panic time for the Bucks. And the fact that they were able to pull that out, even though it took a game winner of their own from Chris Middleton, the fact that they were able to pull out game one, I think kind of exercised some demons for Milwaukee. And, and as we saw in game two, they just played so much more loosely, so much more comfortably. And honestly, I think that continues in Miami. All right, Nick, then really quick, we got about a minute. Lakers, Suns, Los Angeles, a seven-point favorite total at 210.5. Any value here with Phoenix for game three? It all comes down to Chris Paul, right? I mean, I, I think I kept having to remind myself last night that, you know, the Lakers, I wouldn't say they dominated that game, but they were, they were in control, especially relative to game one. And I kept having to remind myself, Chris Paul is either on the bench or when he's out there, you know, he's looking like a shell of himself. If that's the version of Chris Paul that we get in game three in the rest of the series, then I think the Lakers cruise. If not, I think the Lakers are, are, are still you know, in trouble here. They're not out of the weeds. You know, Anthony Davis's stat line looked really good last night, but if you watch that game, he still didn't look all that comfortable. You know, he, he's not comfortable attacking smaller guys like Cam Johnson. LeBron James is not getting to the rim whatsoever. I wouldn't say he hit some lucky shots last night, but he, he had some clutch shots, some ill-advised shots. Um, so the Lakers kind of got away with one, I think, in game two, despite not playing all that well. Uh, they're going to need a better effort in game three. Nick Whalen, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow him on Twitter at Whalen instead of the one, or instead of the L, rather, it's the one. And then at Rotowire, great job covering the NBA like he did tonight. Thanks for the analysis and picks, Nick, and good luck, my man. We'll catch up soon. All right, same to you. Thanks for having me, Danny. That there he is, Nick Whalen, again, looking at that Suns-Lakers game. Lakers up to a seven-point favorite. Phoenix, look, he's right. I mean, Chris Paul, the huge factor for this Phoenix team that's really pushed them forward into a top team in the Western Conference. Tough draw with the Lakers. Had hopes after game one, but Los Angeles bounces back. And if you think Los Angeles does it yet again in game three, they're a seven-point favorite and over $2 to win that series. So coming up next, let's go to the diamond. I've got one play out in the West Coast. We'll let you know what that is next right here on Rush Hour.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boost on your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams in major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts available. BetRivers.com. Back at it here on Rush Hour, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Danny Burke, your host, getting ready for some basketball and playoff hockey action. However, in between, let's kind of take a look at some of the baseball slate tonight. A couple of games to look forward to that stuck out to me. One in particular we have with the best bet we'll get to in just a second. But a game that's going to have first pitch 
pretty soon in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, let's talk Milwaukee and San Diego. The Padres got the dub last night, 7-1, but Brewers won game one in this series, 5-3. So for game three in this series, the Padres minus 127, Milwaukee plus 108 on the buyback. This total we're seeing at about 8. So a little bit of movement toward the Padres. They opened minus 122, again now up to minus 127. So you're getting Chris Paddock on the bump, the righty for the Padres, 2-3 and three, with a 3.96 ERA. 3.95 XFIP, not too bad, and a 1.27 whip. Now, Eric Lauer, the young gun for the Brewers, the southpaw, he is 1-1 one one this season, 2.81 ERA, an XFIP of 3.04, and a whip of 1.19. Look, he doesn't have that many innings under his belt, but still pretty solid stats. Uh, if you look at Paddock, he did go up against the Brewers back on April 20th, five innings pitched, six hits, five earned run, one walk, and seven Ks. Not the best performance from Paddock, so that's kind of the reason I didn't end up betting San Diego here. Again, it's not to say he can't bounce back, but if Milwaukee's going to hit well against a guy, which seldom happens this year, and they did it with this guy the one time, who's to say they can't do it again? But if you do want to back San Diego, the last couple weeks against lefties, they have the fourth best OPS in the big leagues, 792. Milwaukee, you know how they've been this last, really this whole year in the last two weeks, 620 OPS against righties, which is 27th worst in Major League Baseball. And Lauer was a part of the uh, Padres squad for a little bit, so maybe a little bit of a revenge angle as well. So a slight lean, despite all that, to the Padres, but nothing that I played officially. And if you want to go with the Padres, minus 127 is where you're catching them on the money line over at Bet Rivers. Now let's move on to a game that I did pull the trigger on. 8.40 p.m. Central Time first pitch out in Arizona. The Diamondbacks hosting the San Francisco Giants. The Giants who have had a great start to their 2021 campaign. Got the dub last night against the D-backs. 8-0. And tonight they're laying minus 117 currently at Bet Rivers. The Diamondbacks are catching even money on the money line as the home dog. This total opened 8.5. We've seen a tick up now to 9 so again, Giants got the victory last night over Arizona. Tonight, the Giants throwing out Johnny Cueto, who's 3-1 with a 3.34 ERA, despite him getting up there in years, has really had a solid year. A 3.70 XFIP and a 1.24 whip. Merrill Kelly, who has really just not been solid this season, 2-5 with a 5.05 ERA, 4.13 XFIP and a 1.37 whip, plus... Kelly has lost his past three starts and is winless over his last four overall. Uh, to keep an eye out, Brandon Belt may be out for San Francisco. Suffered an injury last night, so keep an eye on that. But again, going back to Cueto, historically has done very well against the Diamondbacks, 11-3 with a 3.04 ERA and 18 career starts versus the Diamondbacks, plus 8-1 with a 3.30 ERA and 12 outings at Chase Field. And you got to consider how bad this Arizona bullpen is. A 5.33 bullpen ERA compared to San Francisco's 3.96 bullpen ERA. Last 15 days, San Francisco against righty, 724 OPS. Arizona, a 623 OPS, which is 26 worse. Now, I know the lines kind of creeped down towards San Francisco. I took advantage of it early on. It went down to minus 109, so I played San Francisco there. Again, now you're seeing the minus 117. Would still bet that as of this point. San Francisco's the better team. I'm a little perplexed by the movement toward Arizona. It's kind of been stable as of this point, but I don't trust Merrill Kelly here despite it being at home. Historically, you got Johnny Cueto, who's dominated against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And despite his age and getting up there just overall and kind of on the back end of his prime, he's had a really solid season. Along with the San Francisco Giants, who have just been continuously finding ways to win, I think they do just that tonight. And again, 
I play the San Francisco Giants on the money line for our lone bet in Major League Baseball this evening. All right, we got a basketball play. We've got a baseball play. Let's kind of give you some other angles with some props. Julius Randle, again, 15 points in the first game against the Hawks. Let me tell you why he's not going to have that same performance and go over his prop number that we're going to be seeing later tonight, along with a couple other players in that Memphis and Utah game later on here in the NBA slate of basketball. Stick around. More action coming your way on Rush Out. NBA playoffs are here, and our experts are covering every angle to find the betting edges for you. VEASAN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all the hoops insights. Our experts and the entire VEASAN team give you all the tools to make the most of every single bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game, all on VEASAN.com, along with our daily members-only best bet emails. Now is the time to cash in the playoffs. Sign up now for your 10-day free trial, all at vsin.com slash subscribe. Again, vsin.com slash subscribe. It is vsin, the sports betting network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook up in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Plenty of NBA action to look forward to this evening. So let's pick it up where we left off in terms of some of these player props. Nick Whalen and I were discussing that Hawks and Knicks game, and really quick, this one's about to get underway. So let me throw a guy at you, a guy that we made some money on, 20-1 to 1 to win most improved player, and it's really just been solid to us in terms of betting his props and could be again tonight with Julius Randle. 25.5 is where we're seeing his number. Shaded to the over at Bet Rivers, minus 121, the under minus 106. So he's averaging 24 in this entire season, but against the Atlanta Hawks, he's averaging about 32 points per game. He's gone over this mark in three out of the four contests against the Knicks. Uh, back in January, he dropped 28. February, dropped 44. April 21st, 40 points. But then this past playoff game, you know, one of his worst performances, like we discussed, just dropped 15 points. Now, the interesting and important thing to note about this past performance for Randall. 6 of 23 from the floor, 2 of 6 from beyond the arc, but more importantly, just 1 of 2 from the charity stripe. Only 2 free throw attempts. You look at these other attempts in the past games, 6 of 8, 9 of 12, 12 of 13. Only 1 of 2 in this past playoff game. The chances of that happening are probably slim. He knows he needs to come out firing, what he needs to do differently. A lot of pressure for him in the Mecca for the first playoff game, so expect some of those nerves to probably go away and for Julius Randle to be a lot better. Half of his shots are coming from mid-range, and you look at the Hawks, they're allowing opponents to shoot 43% from mid-range, which is 24th worst in, in the NBA, and it's the weakest part of their defense, so it's not going to surprise me to see Randall, you know, come alive in this spot. I didn't want to lay the minus 121 for the 25 and a half, 
So I, I ended up staying away very close to playing it. But again, I didn't want to lay the minus 121 to get over 25 and a half after that poor performance. Again, I'm assuming a bounce back, but who knows? Maybe he's just going to be the guy who dominates in the regular season and more so lackluster in the postseason. So I'm taking a step back and going to observe. But I do think if you want to play it, the over is the move for Julius Randle. Now let's look further into the slate tonight with Utah and Memphis. Again, the Jazz tick up to a 10-point favorite in this game. Total circulating around 219 and a half, slightly shaded to the over, minus 113. So again, I you know I'm leaning toward taking the points with Memphis, if anything, now, especially that that line has creeped up to double digits. Yes, Donovan Mitchell is going to be back in the mix, but how big of an impact is he going to present? Well, let's take a look at his prop for tonight. 25 and a half is what we're seeing for Mitchell. The over minus 121, under minus 106. Now, Mitchell, before his injury, he was averaging about 26 points per game. This is going to be his first game since April 16th. It's not like he just got injured the other day. I mean, this has been a decent amount of time since he's been out, coming into a way more intense atmosphere in the postseason, down 1-0. It's a big moment for Mitchell. Now, 40% of his shots come from beyond the arc, and 37% come from mid-range. He's making about 42% from mid-range and 39% from three. You look at Memphis, they're allowing opponents to shoot over 43% from mid-range, which is 23rd and 37% from three, which is 19. So Memphis is not the best at defending mid-range in the three. They do a lot better at the rim. So that's why a guy like Donovan Mitchell, yes, he could have a pretty solid night tonight. And he has done in the past against Memphis. Back-to-back -back nights in March, he dropped 35 points in each respective game. March 26, March 27th, pretty much identical numbers, 35 points in each contest. So I get why it's shaded to the over because he's had success. He's a big-name player, and the Jazz are down 1-0. But it's hard to want to back someone first game back after a while with a lot of pressure to go over 25 and a half. So it's more that I just wanted to make this known and show you where this number was at so you can kind of keep that in mind looking further to this series. So more so probably a lot more than with Randall. Take a step back with this one, see how he does and adjust that to these other games. But again, historically, as in this season, 35 points in two contests. If you think he could do it again, the number's at 25 and a half. It is shaded to the over minus 121, but kind of tough to back a guy coming in to the game after, you know, more than a month off. But let's go to another guy who has also done well against this opponent and has been healthy, and that's John Morant. 21 and a half is where we see his points prop this evening. Over minus 106, under is a slight favorite, minus 121. Now, Morant's averaging 19 points per game this season, but he's gone over this mark of 21 and a half in three out of four games versus the Jazz. Uh, back in March 26, dropped 32 points. Then they played the next night. He only dropped 12. But then at the end of March, they played again. Yes, three games in a short span. He went back to 36 points. And then in game one of this playoff series, John Morant went 11 to 21 from the floor, 0-1 from beyond the arc, 4-4 from the free throw line, and dropped 26 points. So he's averaging about 26.5 points per game against the Jazz this season. And when you look at John Morant's shot selection, 43% of his shots are coming at the rim, 36% from mid-range. He's making over 60% at the rim and just under 40% from mid-range. Now the Jazz, we know how great they are defensively all around, but they are allowing opponents to take 37% of their shot attempts from mid-range, which is second worst in the NBA. But again, they're allowing them to only connect on about 41% of them which is fifth best, but you know when you get a high volume, the chances of that them going in, a lot of it is going to be slim to none. 
So again, the Jazz defend beyond the arc the best and most efficiently. So that's why it's maybe a little bit more favorable for John Morant, who takes most of his shots at the rim and from mid-range. And again, we've seen him go over this in three out of four games. He's averaging 26 and a half against the Utah Jazz. So 21 and a half with it shaded to the over. Maybe you're getting a little bit of a solid look at John Moran over 21 and a half. I know you don't necessarily consider him as a perennial scorer, but that's really what we've seen from him these past couple of games with the plane and with game one against the Utah Jazz. So if I'm playing anything with John Moran, I would look over 21 and a half at minus 106. Again, nothing that I'm doing officially, but taking a look at Moran to go over his props once again. And it's not just because what happened in game one. Remember, 36 points in one game, 32 and another when he's played the Jazz. So John Moran likes to go up against this Utah team. So we'll see if he can have some more success later on tonight. Again, we're seeing this game 10-point favorite in favor of Utah. Total at about 219 and a half. Donovan Mitchell back in action. We'll see how much of an impact he can have in that matchup. All right, let's go on and move to hockey tonight. Can the Vegas Golden Knights shut things out against the Minnesota Wild? And what about tomorrow's action of games? What are going to be the best plays to make? We talk with EJ Raddick, senior reporter for the NHL Network next. He'll tell us the best angles to look at on the ice tonight. Coming up next right here on Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think. Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that. See that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boost on your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams in major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board Statewide Voluntary Self-Exclusion Program. To get a hold of the daily hometown discount, check it out. BetRivers.com. Wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour right here, all on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sports Book. We already got one hockey game going right now. Uh, we see Pittsburgh up 3 2, higher scoring affair between the Penguins and the Islanders. Let's kind of take a preview for tonight's action and then gander into tomorrow's slate as well. For that, we bring on EJ Raddick, senior reporter for the NHL Network. So, EJ, let's get into it with a preview of Tampa Bay and Florida this evening. Man, this series has been fun, and we see Tampa Bay leading it 3-2. to two, But tonight, at home, they're minus 137 on the money line, plus 118 for the underdog in Florida. This total we're seeing at 6. How do you think this game goes down? I mean, we saw Spencer Knight be implemented for Florida in the, in, uh, the last game, and he did exceptionally well. What can we expect out of Florida on that side of the puck tonight? Well, I mean, the, the Florida Panthers have to be feeling pretty good there. The, uh, even though they were the higher seed, uh, they are the underdog against the Stanley Cup champion from last season. And it's been a good matchup for the Panthers. Uh, they seem to be able to get under the skin of the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and kind of can force the Lightning into a more of a chaotic-type game, which I think opens up chances for the, for the Panthers uh, when the Lightning kind of get running around in their own end. So I would think that the coach, John Cooper, would try to get Tampa Bay dialed in a little bit more tonight. It looks like Barclay Goudreau, who's been out for the whole series for Tampa, one of their kind of good third-line players, a physical guy that gets to the net. Uh, he looks like he's going to be back in tonight, so that can help them a little bit. And, you know, Spencer Knight in goal for the Florida Panthers. I mean, heck, the kid hasn't lost in the NHL yet. He won four in the regular season, and, he got thrown into the mix in game five, gave up the goal on the first shot, and then he was perfect after that. So uh, it'll be tougher tonight, I think. The Lightning have seen them once now, and uh, they're at home. So they'll have the last change. So some of those things will be in play in the game tonight. So for me, you know, the Lightning, uh, the Lightning experience could be a real value in this one tonight. Yeah, I tend to agree with you here, and I think you're getting a pretty solid price with Tampa Bay considering how close Florida has kept it in this series and because you're getting another look at Spencer Knight, as you alluded to. Now, if, for example, Florida does go on to win this game, do you think you flip-flop and maybe think the Panthers can end this series, especially considering that the momentum may be swinging their way? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that happens because obviously that means that Spencer Knight played well again. That'll be too straight. 
the pressure, uh, you know, the pressure will continue to be on the defending champs, right? Because people think they were supposed to win the series, and the fact that they had a three games to one lead will be something that weighs on them. But on the flip side, Florida Panthers will be home, and they'll be riding, uh, riding high for a game seven. So it's not like they're playing with the house money at that point. They're trying to win the series as well. So. You know, I, I think all season long, these two teams, uh, you know, they've gone after each other. They've played good, hard physical games. And, you know, I would expect the same. I think Tampa's going to win the series. But, again, the NHL, when you watch the games night after night after night, the line between winning and losing can be pretty narrow. Indeed. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at another matchup that could end tonight, being the Vegas Golden Knights on the road against the Minnesota Wild. Puck drop scheduled for 8 p.m. Central time. And we see Minnesota as the home dog, plus 123. Vegas minus 143 on the other side. This total at 5.5, shaded to the under. Do the Golden Knights close this one out tonight? Because during the regular season, they really struggled on the road against Minnesota, but they found ways to come out on top in this postseason series. Uh, what do you think the end result of the game tonight will be? Yeah, it's interesting because the, the, the Minnesota Wild have been able to give the Vegas Golden Knights trouble really since their inception. They're the one team that has had pretty good success against Vegas. But yet, as the season wore on, the regular season series, that held true. But Vegas has been able to go into St. Paul now and win three straight games, two in the playoffs and one at the end of the regular season. The series has been really strange where, you know, the other night Vegas outshot Minnesota by a wide margin, and I believe the final shot attempts in the game were like something like 84 to 32, and yet Minnesota was able to win the game despite not having the puck really at all in the second two period, the second and third period. So, you know, I, I like Vegas's experience. Uh, I think they're the better group. They are going to look like they're going to be missing Braden McNabb tonight. He came up as on the COVID protocol list, so that could impact them. But uh, you know. I think even if Minnesota plays well, there's no guarantee they'll win tonight because this series, it's just been strange that way. So I like Vegas to close it out. I just think they're the better team, but, you know, we'll see. And assuming that Vegas does move on and, you know, we're looking at the Avalanche to be matched up against them in the next round, how do you figure that series goes about? Because the Colorado obviously getting kind of a break in the first round and really overall just probably the best team in the NHL. So what do you think about that series, assuming the Golden Knights can move on? Well, I love the, the Avalanche. I mean, I think, they, I think you know, before the playoffs started, I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. They've been kind of the, uh, they have been the, uh, the pick this year. They're just such a talented group, like top to bottom. This is a really good team. Philip Grubauer, the goaltender, is healthy right now. That's been a big difference for him. The, the circumstance in this series, though, with the suspension to Nazem Kadri, who is the second center for the Avalanche, I mean, that could come into play in a series against a better opponent. And the Vegas Golden Knights, if indeed they close it out, they are a better opponent right now than the St. Louis Blues were in the first round. So Kadri got an eight-game suspension. He served two of them. If they were to play a seven-game series in Game 7, he would be eligible to come back in. But that's a lot of time to be without a second center. So I think it gives Vegas an opportunity to better defend that really good first line of McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen. And uh, I think that gives them a little bit better of a chance in the series than they would have had if Kadri was in. So, you know, for me, I like the Avalanche. I think they're just really hard to deal with, even with even with missing an important player like your second center in Kadri. 
But uh, without him, I think, you know, Vegas will, if, it, if indeed it is Vegas, I think that they will have, uh, they'll have a little bit of a better opportunity because the Avs will be a little short from their usual group. All right, EJ, let's take a peek at tomorrow's slate of games. 6 p.m. Central Time, puck drop. The Canadiens taking on the Maple Leafs. Toronto still finding a way to win despite dealing with injuries. They're a big favorite, minus 235. This total we're seeing at about 5.5. Do you think Toronto closes it out at home tomorrow night? I do. I think they're just a far better team. Uh, I think Jack Campbell, the goaltender, has played really well for Toronto. I think uh, you know if it wasn't for Carey Price making a bunch of early saves, in game four, that could have been even a, you know, a bigger margin of a victory than it was, and it was at four nothing anyway. Toronto's getting contributions from a lot of different guys in their lineup. The Montreal Canadiens, when I look at them, it's like I don't see, you know, I don't know who they are. I don't know what type of team they want to be. If they want to be a physical team or a fast team, um, I worry about teams like that that don't really have a defined identity. I think Toronto is kind of on their game right now. I expect Toronto to beat them and win the series. And then before we let you go, let's talk Hurricanes and Predators. Carolina up 3-2 to two in the series. They're only minus 141, but they are on the road here, plus 123 on the buyback for Nashville, who's garnered a little bit of momentum. This one seems a little bit trickier to me. Do you have any strong feel one way or the other? Yeah, well, you know, I, I like the home team in this series because the buildings are allowing a lot of people in both places. Like you had, I think they're going to have, they may, if there's a game seven in Carolina, they may have 15,000 people in there. There's a whole bunch of people in Nashville, 12 or 13,000. And believe me, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more than that in there because uh, it just looks full and loud. And it's interesting for these guys, right? They haven't had this for a while. And I think it is having an impact on the game. I think this is a homer series. I like Nashville's odds at home to, to win game six and force the game seven. And I, when you get into a game seven, as much as I I think Carolina would be the better team, in a game seven, to me, with a Nashville team that is would be feeling good having come out of a sick game six win and having played better. I mean, they were close to winning game five there. I would, uh, you know, they, they would have the puncher's chance. But I, I like Nashville at home in front of their crazy fans tomorrow night to force the game seven. Yeah, that one's been going back and forth, and you're right. The home ice advantage so big, especially in a series like this, and you could get Nashville for some value here, plus 123. Hard to go against them in this certain spot as they face uh, the Hurricanes, who are up 3-2, looking to save their postseason lives. EJ, we appreciate you taking some time. Keep up the great work and enjoy those games this evening. All right, guys. Take care now. You betcha. You as well, NHL senior reporter for the NHL Network, EJ Raddick, joining us. Great job talking puck per usual. Love catching him on the NHL Network, previewing all these games and just giving his analysis. And again, this Predators-Hurricanes game could be a good spot if you're looking for that underdog play. As EJ alluded to, Nashville at home plus 123 could be a good look. All right, speaking of good looks, we already have one bet underway with a team total for Atlanta over 105.5. But let's kind of revisit the play that we had in baseball this evening. First pitch, 8.40 p.m. Central Time. We got the Giants and the Diamondbacks. San Francisco currently about minus 117 on the money line at Fat Rivers. I snagged them about minus 109 earlier. The Diamondbacks are even money as the dog. This total is ticked up from 8.5 to 9. So again, Johnny Cueto taking the bump for San Fran, who's really had a solid season up to this point. 
3.70 xFIP, 3-1 record. Plus, in 12 outings at Chase Field, he is 8-1 in his career with a 3.30 ERA. Merrill Kelly on the other side has lost his uh, past three starts. And really, the Diamondbacks overall have just been a brutal team to back. 6.23 OPS the last 15 days against righties. Conversely, for the Giants, 7.24 OPS. Middle of the pack, not the best. But, look, Giants beat them last night, 8-0. Diamondbacks are kind of a gruesome team overall this season. San Francisco's been hot, taking them at a better price than you would typically see. I'm rolling with the Giants on the money line again. Snagged about minus 109. Now it's minus 117. Would still play in that spot. As always, best of luck if you tail with any of our wagers. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Rush Hour. More postseason and baseball action coming your way tomorrow. We'll catch you then right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.